It's like we just went to this whole other side where we think women don't have any testosterone, don't need any testosterone. And it's actually one of the most abundant hormones in our body. And it plays a role in everything from our brain function to our energy to yes, our ability to build and maintain muscle to our metabolism, to our libido. And we think of it only as men. And it's just, you know, a really big gap in healthcare for women that I think we really try to educate and help our patients with. And it's, it's so important for, for every function that we really are going to need, especially during this time when we're busy and needing to be all things and do all things, right? This is Get Personal with Dr. Chris. Real life stories and informative conversations helping you take control of your health and feel like yourself again. So many women that I know and see in my practice have a similar experience. They are moving into their late 30s and 40s and they aren't feeling like themselves anymore. They are tired, anxious, their hair is falling out, they've gained weight, and they know something is off. They may go to the doctor and do some basic tests, but everything looks normal on the surface. They're told they're perfectly fine, and they know that cannot be right. That is where my guest today, Dr. Kara Slater, and I come in. We are talking about a very important but all too forgotten phase of life for women, perimenopause. We hear all the time about puberty and menopause, There are plenty of resources for managing the challenges and changes that come with those phases, but perimenopause deserves that same kind of attention. Dr. Slater and I are colleagues at Desert Wellness Center here in Tempe, Arizona, and together we have helped hundreds of women through perimenopause. It is a stressful and busy time. Women get so caught up in their career and family, and sometimes health just gets put on the back burner. We talk about the most common issues that we see with patients during perimenopause and the most promising treatments like testosterone, progesterone, and even estrogen replacement. You might feel like you're on a roller coaster of emotions up and down and all over the place. That is not in your head. It is real. And there are things we can work on together to smooth it out and make you feel like yourself again. And before we start, I wanted to remind you again, if you are interested in learning more about perimenopause and all things hormones, you can come and join me in person for my next Wine, Chocolate, and Hormones Night. We will discuss practical tips about nutrition and navigating hormonal changes over 40, and we'll be serving some delicious organic food and wine. So grab a friend and join me in Scottsdale, February 22nd. Check out my Instagram for more details or just send me a message. I would love to meet you. Hi, everyone. Today, I have Dr. Kara Slater with me, which is super great because she's a physician in my practice and we share the same wall. So uh, we are next door neighbors in my office and I really 
really wanted her to join me today because we're going to be talking about the delicate age between about 40, sometimes as early as 38, and 50, sometimes as late as 55. But this is the time that we affectionately call perimenopause and how it feels and what's going on in perimenopause and what are some of the things you can do about it. But I think probably the most important thing is what you need to recognize. So Dr. Slater, thank you for talking to me today. Thank you so much for having me on, Dr. Chris. Give us a little bit um, of background on you so that we can get started and people get to know you a little bit better. So like you said, I am a naturopathic physician. We work at the same office. And my, I think, unique piece is that actually both of my parents are naturopathic doctors. So I kind of grew up in this field, didn't know I was going to end up entering into it. And here I am, you know, in my career, loving it. But I'm so happy to be speaking on this topic because I feel like it is one of the most common things that we see in the office. And it is probably one of the most underrepresented when we're talking to people about their health concerns and what people should be looking for. So this is such an important thing to share with all of our our people. So one of the things, perimenopause is really a passionate subject of mine and I think of yours as well, because it's a time in our life when we're still really busy with kids. I mean, between 40 and 50, oh my gosh, I was like crazy running my kids around and working and doing all the things. And I know you're not quite there yet, Dr. Slater, but almost, I think. (laughs) (laughs) But you do have a little one and you just kind of get into high speed gear and you stop paying attention. And all of a sudden you slow down for a minute and you're like, oh my gosh, why can't I sleep? Or, oh my gosh, something's wrong with me because I'm so depressed and I'm so anxious, but you know, there must be just something mentally wrong with me when it's probably not that. And it is so important for us to begin to recognize that. So that's what we're going to talk more about. So Dr. Slater, tell me a little bit about what you see in your practice with women in that age group? Well, I first of all think this is such an important subject to talk about because it's missed in so many places. We kind of talk about puberty and we talk about our, you know, fertility stuff. And then you have the kids and you're busy and you're in your forties and then you start feeling really crummy and you don't know why. And then we talk about menopause. There's this huge gap. So, (laughs) And this is, I would say, a large portion of actually the patients that I see. I actually had a patient come in yesterday, 42. She's working out really hard. She's, you know, nothing has changed in her workout routine. She's eating really clean. She is full-time working. She's momming with two kids running around. And she came in and was like, I don't feel like myself. I don't even know who I am. I'm tired. I'm not sleeping. I'm irritable. I'm annoyed with my husband. I'm getting snappy with my kids and I'm gaining weight and I'm, I'm about to lose my mind. And this is a very common story that I hear. And it's like, well, what's going on with me? What am I doing? I'm doing all the things right. And I was like, you are, and this is not your fault. Let's dig a little deeper. 
this is the perimenopause. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was listening to another podcast this morning, actually, and I heard the statistic at any given time, a third of all women are either in perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopausal. And, and yet it's never addressed. It's always about, you know, puberty, menstruating, fertility, like you said, a third of us, and it's not being addressed. And wow, that patient sounds to me like such a great example of somebody who luckily knew to come to you because what would have happened? I mean, what do you think would have happened if she went to her primary care or her gynecologist or somebody else? Well, sadly, actually, I'm really glad she did come to me, but she did go to her gynecologist first. And she, this was about a year ago, she had had her IUD. She's not having kids anymore. Her husband got a vasectomy. She's like, I'm going to get my IUD out. Maybe it's my IUD. Last year she got it out and she did her hormones and her doctor said, well, everything looks fine. You're fine. And sent her on her way. And she was just like, honestly, in tears in, in the office feeling like, I just don't know what I'm doing wrong because she's like, I started working out more so that maybe I could lose this weight. And I've been calorie counting so that, you know, maybe I can, you know, drop the pounds and then I'll feel better. And then my libido will pick up and then I'll, and, you know, she was kind of just put, brushed aside, which is sadly very, very, very common, especially for this population. If you're not in menopause, then yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no, nothing to offer either. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. Gynecologists are trained in, you know, more about managing fertility, managing preventative care and things, but not necessarily measuring hormones. And more often than not, we get the patients like yours and I get them after they've been to either their gynecologist, their primary care, and they're on SSRIs because that's all they could think of to do to help them feel better. And an SSRI, remember, is an antidepressant, anti-anxietal medication, more commonly known out there. You know, brand names are Prozac, Zoloft, and, and the like. Yeah. And I, I love that you mentioned that because I feel like just a little tidbit to add on to that is that it's very common that they've seen their primary care or their gynecologist. They're coming in on an SSRI and it's actually not helping them to feel any better and in some ways exacerbating some of the symptoms that are their biggest concerns, such as the weight gain, such as libido being declined. These are two of the big side effects of these SSRIs, these certain medications. So maybe they're helping a little bit with mood. Oftentimes, I don't even see it help that much for these particular patients, but they're aggravating these other really big concerns of theirs. Yeah. I mean, not only decreasing libido, but actual sexual function. I mean, you can kind of forget about orgasm when you're on an SSRI. So if you're on one of those and you're listening to me, that's why it's not happening. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. your patient was gaining weight, felt like her moods were off, did not feel like herself. Was she having any problems sleeping? Oh, yes. She said, I used to be a great sleeper. And now I have a hard time falling asleep. Once I fall asleep, I wake up at least once or twice a night and then I toss and turn and I cannot get back to sleep. 
and I'm exhausted. And then I'm waking up in the morning to try to work out and then take the kids here and then go to work and then cook dinner when I get home. And I'm, I'm running on empty. Yeah. No wonder we don't have any libido either. Yes. So, <laughs> so tell me about what, like, what did you see? What did you see in her labs that maybe somebody, another physician hadn't seen? Yeah. So the first thing I was actually, I will say, I was very impressed that her doctor had drawn her hormones and had included not only just estrogen and progesterone, but also testosterone, which I was very happy to see. It made it a lot easier for me because that's going to be something I'm going to draw no matter what on my patients when we're talking hormones. And it was low. Now, on the lab, does it say it's low? No, because there is no actual low number. As long as it's less than a certain amount, they're not going to say anything. So it was like, oh, this looks fine. And I'm looking at it, this glaring, well, this is a big piece of why you're feeling the way you feel. Yeah. Well, back up for one second. Why do you always measure testosterone? She's a girl. Do we need to know what her testosterone is? (laughs) Don't we love this? I mean, I love to listen to your answer for this. (laughs) It's like we just went to this whole other side where we think women don't have any testosterone, don't need any testosterone. And it's actually one of the most abundant hormones in our body. And it plays a role in everything from our brain function to our energy to, yes, our ability to build and maintain muscle to our metabolism, to our libido. And we think of it only as men. And it's just, you know, a really big gap in healthcare for women that I think we really try to educate and help our patients with and you know, hopefully more and more people will catch on, but, um, it's, it's so important for, for every function that we really are going to need, especially during this time when we're busy and needing to be all things and do all things. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So her testosterone was low. Was there anything else that you, that you noticed? Yeah. So actually her thyroid was once again, it was drawn, which I was great to see. And it was in range, but it was not optimal. This is where I think the naturopathic doctor view differs from a lot of our conventional doctors. And that's that optimal means it's where you are going to feel your best, where your body is functioning its best, where basically it's where it should be, you know, top notch, not are you out of range? Because out of range could mean, you know, when you're right on the edge of being low in your thyroid, but you're still in range, you're probably not going to feel good. Should we wait until you fall out of range and now it's marking that it's actually low and now you feel really bad? No, let's optimize you. Let's do it now. <laughs> that's the that's the usual way of practicing medicine. Let's wait until you feel absolutely t- terrible, cannot get out of bed and have gained a significant amount of weight. Your hair is falling out and you're fully constipated before we do anything about it. Let's yes, do that. Exactly. Let's wait. Just keep waiting. <laughs> yes. Not to mention, I love that you said the hair loss because I feel like that's another really big thing that we see all the time that's related to hormones. That is one of the things that actually brings people finally in the door. And it can be so many different pieces of your hormone picture thyroid being one of them, but also 
testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, cortisol, right? All of these hormones. And I think that a lot of time it kind of can have this little shift happening right in this perimenopausal time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. Not only do we need to see if the hormones are optimal, like the thyroid, as well as our estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, are the levels optimal, but are they balanced? That's a really big deal. And in perimenopause, nine times out of 10, they are not balanced. Perimenopause, like I like to say, is like riding a roller coaster you didn't buy a ticket for. It's up and it's no fun. It's up and down and and that is not a place we want to be. I mean, even think about it for a minute. If you've had children, you know, you're in pregnancy and the hormones are just raging. There are there they should be because mm-hmm. that's what's helping maintain your pregnancy. And then after pregnancy or after delivery, then they drop. And does that feel very good? No. It feels terrible. (laughs) Does your hair fall out? Yeah. Do you feel constipated? Yeah. Are you sometimes depressed? Yeah. All the above because you've had this giant shift. Well, take that, maybe not as big of a shift, but a shift and do it like every two or three months from the time you're 40 to 50. That's perimenopause. Up, down, up. It's, 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 it's awful. I love that you, you know, related it to the pregnancy piece. And obviously, you know, not everybody can has that experience, but I think that we look at that as a very normal piece. We're like, oh my gosh, you're going to lose your hair. You're going to, and we don't talk about this very normal, common place that most women will find themselves in this time in their life because it is a little bit more individualized. It's a little bit more fluid. When is it going to start? Is it going to be in your, you know, 39 or when you're 45, but we're having all these fluctuations. And on top of that, I think one of those keys is that you're still cycling. Now your cycle might look a little different, but it could be totally regular. Maybe it's a little heavier. Maybe you miss a month here and there, but it's nothing that is so, you know, out of whack that we're like, oh my gosh, like it's my, it's my hormones. What's, what's going on? it's all the other pieces that those hormones are controlling. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if this happens to you, but so many of my patients come in, you know, they've already had a uterine ablation, which isn't bad, yep. but they, they went to these extremes because their cycles were so heavy. And really all they needed was a little bit more progesterone, a little bit less estrogen, which we can fix right away. Um, or they're on birth control pills when they're 45 or 48 or 50 because that's what their physician had given them in order to, quote, balance their hormones or make their period not be so heavy, when really they just needed a little tweaking with bioidenticals, which is what we do. Yes. I mean, spot on. And I think that so many women can relate to that because oftentimes I think another quick fix for this stage in life, right, is when you do go to a doctor and you say, I feel like my hormones are off. Okay, here, just take the pill and we'll basically kind of stop your own hormones, stop your own cycle, and you'll just feel better because we'll just control it this way. And here, you know, we're like, we've got so many great answers, quick fixes that will have you feeling good. And you don't have to be on this forever, you know, because I've got women even who are moving into menopause and are still on the pill because they're scared to get off. 
They're scared. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They're afraid that if they go off birth control pills, that they're going to experience all those, quote, terrible symptoms. When in reality, birth control pills just suppress your cycle. They're not giving you, quote, hormones. They're chemicals that are sitting in the receptors and kind of faking your body out. You're not getting the benefit of actual you know, natural hormones in your body and, and what they provide. I mean, estrogen itself is probably the reason women gain weight in, in perimenopause because estrogen is what we rely on for our metabolism. As soon as we have a few months where the estrogen is low, which is might've been what happened to your patient, the body is going to go, oh, hold on, hold on. I need some more estrogen. So what I'm what am I going to do? I'm going to hold on to fat. I'm going to store that fat and I'm going to put it right in the middle because we know that's where you don't want it to be. (laughs) And we're going to put it right there. And that's where we're going to get more estrogen. So I don't care how much you work out or what you eat. The body is smarter than you think it is. It's going to store fat in order to have a little extra supply of estrogen that it needs. So you're right. Like you said in the very beginning, it wasn't anything she she's doing. She's trying to do all the right things, but no matter what, her body feels like it's trying to save her life, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I think that just to have this reminder for all of the listeners that you're not doing anything wrong and that you're not, you know, because I think a lot of people feel, oh my gosh, I'm crazy. I'm working out harder than I ever have. I now can afford my trainer. I'm having a little more time for myself and I'm eating, you know, really clean. I'm getting adequate, you know, nutrients. Why do I continue to gain weight? And then we can look and say, oh, well, your levels are actually suboptimal. Not that you're out of range, like we said, right? Because even this woman, um, we thought a little bit of an estrogen cream would be helpful because it's, she's still cycling. She still has some estrogen, but it's probably a lot lower than what she had been used to for the entire first part of her life. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. That's the thing. You know, you're still cycling. So you think, oh, I still have hormones and you do, but they're not optimal. Just like the thyroid example that you gave us, but we do need that optimal level of testosterone to get us to the motivation that we need and and et cetera. So you were going to give her a little bit of estrogen cream to help balance that. What were some of the other things that you were doing to help her feel better? Well, we talked a little bit about um, making sure she's getting her adequate protein because with all the calorie counting, sometimes then it's actually detrimental because your body's going, oh my gosh, I don't have enough estrogen. And now you're trying to lose weight. So you're cutting the calories and now I'm really in survival mode. So I'm really going to hold on to this stuff. Yeah, definitely. So we talked about adequate protein. Um, and then, you know, we obviously talked about doing a pellet for her testosterone because that was absolutely low. And I think that's going to be a really big game changer for her. Pellets. Can you talk about pellets? I've talked about on my podcast before, but if somebody's listening for the first time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, this is my favorite mode for hormone replacement. I mean, obviously depending on each patient, this she's, she needs a cream for her estrogen, but the pellets 
are these little um, like grain of rice, little Tic Tac size pellet that we insert underneath the skin, usually in the glue area where we have a little bit of extra fat there. And the beauty of these is you pop it in, there's no stitches. It takes like probably 45 seconds to actually do the insert. And then we send you off and then you're good for three and a half to four months. And it's a steady release. That's one of the reasons I really love it is that it's slowly absorbed in a steady manner throughout that time. So rather than some of our daily methods where we're getting that spike really high and then it's going to come down basically to your, you know, ground level that you started at and then go spiking up again. This is a steady release over the time. You do not have to think about anything. You can just go about your day and within a couple weeks, it's usually like, oh my gosh, the fog has lifted. And I just am feeling like, oh, here, here I am again. It's me. The molecule of testosterone that you are getting is the exact same as what your body would be producing. So your body knows this. It knows exactly what to do with it. It can work well with it. It is not a synthetic hormone. And I think that's a really important piece. And one of the reasons that they work so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, the estrogen and the progesterone, all the things that we use are always going to be that same bioidentical source, which super important for the body, because if it, if it sees something that it doesn't recognize, then it, it's going to do something to protect itself, whether it m- creates a barrier or it can create some cells that are not the same as the body. Um, and create oxidation in the body. So anyway, bringing in things that are identical to what your body is used to is, is very, very important. So have you experienced the pellets? Do you use anything? Yes, I do. Um, I, as a mom to a young child who is now running around the house and, um, you know, I'm working full time, I do my testosterone pellets and it has been an absolute game changer for me. And really one of the nice things when you're, you're nursing after baby testosterone is one of those hormones that's actually safe to use during that time. It's not going to go into your breast milk. So baby does not get it. And it can be a lifesaver, not only for mood, but for energy, improving sleep. Um, so I was really fortunate to know this and be able to use it you know, as soon as I came back into the office and I got my pellets. So yes, I do my testosterone pellets and I swear by them. It's, it makes such a difference. And not only that, but I feel better in the gym. I feel better mentally and emotionally when I'm at work, I'm clear headed. I don't feel that brain fog. Libido is better when you're tired and you're doing all the things. One of the last things on your mind is going to be, Oh yeah, I think I want to go and have sex. And that may not be what is the best for your relationship. So it's, it's can be a huge relationship saver too. Mm-hmm. I see a giant change in mental health with the, with testosterone. And I mm-hmm. think that testosterone in perimenopause is incredibly important between that and progesterone is what I see 
making a giant difference in my patients' lives. Like you were saying, we use all modalities for bioidentical hormone replacement. We will use a cream. We can use lozenges, depending on which hormone it is, capsules, depending on which hormone it is, and pellets. But I truly believe that for testosterone, the pellet therapy is probably the best way to replace it. So anyway, when I first started using pellet therapy for replacing testosterone, I I swear I wanted to do a study or write a book about the amount of women I'd seen change, like their overall, like their mood, like talk about coming in on an SSRI. Then we were able to fully wean them off their SSRI as soon as they were on testosterone and kind of moving along. I mean, their their mood was just so much better. So getting on some form of testosterone and then progesterone is something that we haven't really launched into much and how important that is in perimenopause. But you were mentioning your patient was having a hard time sleeping. So I'm assuming that's the direction you went. Yes. And I I like that you mentioned that there's different ways to do it. I oftentimes give a progesterone capsule partly because of the benefit that when they take it, it actually some of the breakdown products help to make us feel a little more calm, a little more sleepy. And this is probably, like you said, one of the number one things that I use for my perimenopausal patients, especially with that sleep piece. And we look and their levels are low. We bring in a little progesterone and they're like, oh, I just feel oh, calmer. My anxiety feels better. I'm able to sleep again. And it's the dance that all of these hormones do together. It's never just one. And so when we can look at that whole piece and say, all right, well, we need a little sprinkle of this, a little bit of this, but when they're not in balance, maybe your estrogen goes really high in perimenopause, which it absolutely can do. And your progesterone's in the tank because you've been stressed and it's just getting used up. Then you get that progesterone in there. And it's all of a sudden, I would say, a lot of my patients who come in saying, I'm feeling so anxious and I haven't, this wasn't a normal thing for me. I haven't struggled with anxiety in the past. We bring in that progesterone and it's just like that little soft hug saying, oh, I feel, feel a little calmer. I feel like I can sleep again. <laughs> I love the soft hug. I used to tell them that <laughs> it reminds me, I mean, you, you just, you were talking about your baby, you have a one-year-old now. Um, and I have four and I remember <laughs> I have four. Um, but I remember progesterone, it's a soft hug. Like when I was pregnant, it was like, everything's okay. Everything's good. Like, oh yeah, everything's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and you have a lot of progesterone when you're in, when you're pregnant. So, but that's what progesterone feels like. And I always describe to my patients that on a timeline, when you're about 35 is when testosterone is going to start to deplete. That's when it starts to kind of leave the building. The ovaries stop making it as much. You're still going to get a little bit from your adrenal glands, but the ovaries aren't doing much there for you testosterone wise. And then typically between 45, 48 or somewhere in mid forties, or depending on if you're under a bunch of stress, the ovaries, even if they're making progesterone, it's getting used up, like you mentioned, or they may just start to dwindle down and not be making much of it at all after age 45. So then estrogen's just kind of left on its own and it does not want to be by itself. That's what creates that 
heavy uterine lining and those super heavy periods and all the PMS and the puffy and the bloaty and the bleh, estrogen on its own is not good. So it is, it's that balance and that dance. And unfortunately, we don't lose them all at the same time. Even though we want to be in balance, those hormones slowly dissipate. They kind of shave off one at a time until our, our, our 50s usually. Yeah. And and I think that I, I like how just you were saying we want them to all go at once, but they don't. And it can look very different for everyone. That's why this stage can be such a hard to pinpoint what's exactly going on is because someone might lose their testosterone first and, you know, be feeling like exhausted, low libido. Someone else might have enough testosterone or maybe they still need a little bit, but it's not quite in the tank yet but their progesterone has gone down and there they are feeling, gosh, my hair is falling out and I'm not sleeping and I feel anxious. What's going on? And so that's where I think this, it's so important. And I love what we do where we really look at the whole picture and we're getting all of those hormones tested and we're looking at how are they interacting? Is your estrogen just really too high and you actually have enough progesterone? We really just need to bring it down a little bit. Do we, you know, just need to give you a little testosterone? It's just nice to know we can offer, no matter what you're experiencing, that individualized approach for you and what you need. Yeah. And I think that a little bit, that's a little bit why I think back to the beginning of our conversation, when we were talking about gynecologists in general, I mean, how they're quote, not trained in hormones, but I think it's more that, and some of them are, and some are amazing, but many of them, the majority of them aren't trained in medical school. And I think part of that is because it's so individualized. Like they don't have the time to sit down with every patient and go through all the things that we're going through with each of them to to figure out what their particular treatment should be or their particular protocol should be because they're, they're in a rush and they have to follow particular algorithms and guidelines. So I think that's what makes being able to treat women in our naturopathic capacity is really, really special for us. Yeah. Yeah. That time spent and the individualized approach, which we are just so fortunate to be able to offer that type of a practice, um, is I think really what makes it so unique to be able to come in and have a visit with a naturopath, which is going to be very different probably from any doctor experience you've had before. Yeah. And I would say, you know, maybe in in wrapping up, it's, it is something that you have to dedicate your time to as a, as a person, like you have to believe and understand that you are worth it. Because I think that again, in our forties, we are just slammed. I mean, in my forties, my kids were in elementary school and and junior high and high school. They were just all over the place. Millions of activities. I'm working. Shoot. I went to medical school when I was 45. So there's that. But I mean, there's a lot going on. You have to step back and give yourself a minute to dedicate to yourself and, and more than a minute because your first visit with us is going to be an hour and a half. And then we're going to ask you to, you know, come back and go through your treatment plan. And we're going to ask you to take some, some, some nutraceuticals to change some of your lifestyle habits. And then we're going to ask you for six months, nine months of kind of varying our treatment to get you to where you need to be. 
And so being patient with yourself and giving yourself some time and dedication, then you're going to feel so much better. And I will say that as a, a woman who transitioned from, you know, having kids to perimenopause to taking, going to medical school and then <laughs> slowly heading into menopause, the transition when you are taking care of yourself and you have taken time to go, go through these steps with your hormones, I never really knew when I was when it was all gone, because I was all along the way, I was replacing my testosterone, tweaking my progesterone, and then really at the very, very end, bringing in estrogen and tweaking that a little bit. Um, so it's better to make it a journey instead of just like hitting a brick wall and trying to start from there. Yes, that's beautifully said. And I think the quote that kind of comes to mind, it's that little saying where you cannot pour from an empty cup. I think a lot of women in this stage are pouring to family, to work, to, you know, all the things that are demanding their attention and not taking time to fill their own cup. And then all of a sudden it feels empty and it's like, oh my gosh. But the hope is that, you know, you establish with us. And like you said, we, we are asking for that time to kind of, let's find this perfect piece for you. But then we plan on, I mean, most of my patients, I'm like, hey, you're here. I'm carrying you on through all the different phases and that this phase will likely continue to change. So as you're feeling anything different, we're going to change things and we're going to keep up with whatever your body is needing at that time. Yeah, we're going to keep up and we're going to get you through and it's going to be great. <laughs> yes. 